Mental Health and Magic the Gathering. Next on Eternal Dirtles. Before we get started, I want to give a quick thanks and appreciation out there to all the Dirtle Maniacs that support us on Patreon. Without these people, the podcast could not afford the production upgrades and time we devote to it. If you appreciate the content we create, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me this week, My Ryan name. Nicholas. Ryan, how are you? <laughs> nice to nice to meet you. I almost cut you off there. I'm sorry about that. I was, I was like, wait, oh, am I going to say? Uh, my name is Ryan Nicholas, a.k.a. Tron is bad on all social medias. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. It's great to have you here. Uh, so we're here. Uh, we've got you here this week. Uh, one, let me just quick run down, run down your accolades here. Uh, you're known as Tron is bad on, on you know on all the social medias. You play Tron. You do play uh, Death Shadow in uh, Scam, as it were, in in Legacy. I do. Um, you're you're an MTG ambassador, which is awesome. Um, but I think the I think what I want to tackle uh, is you you run sort of an, initi- an initiative called Better Days MTG. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I am uh, one part of two parts uh, to Better, Better Days MTG. Um, I founded that with uh, a dear friend of mine, Hobbs Q, uh, on all socials. Uh, Hobbs also runs the Goblin Lore podcast. Um, I never thought to do anything like this, honestly. Uh, Hobbs reached out to me one day uh, because he had noticed that I was making just a bunch of videos day to day. So a little, a little preface. Uh, I've been posting a picture of a cup of coffee every day, every other day for over three years now, like way before I even started doing any of this magic stuff and just kind of like a, as a little boost to myself uh, and anyone else that wanted to read it. Um, and I always have a tagline at the end. That's whatever it is that I'm saying. And then at the very bottom is uh, my, my tag is raise them high and raise hell. Uh, but within that uh, little post, it, I basically go over either a, a focus that I want people to focus on throughout the course of the day uh, or be something that I've been struggling with or something that I feel uh, vulnerable enough to give into that vulnerability to talk about publicly uh, because I, I treat this as basically my, my shout into the void, my journal. Um, my therapist has always told me, Hey Ryan, uh, try writing stuff down when you think of it, when, when it's happening. And that never, that never really works for me as, as far as like a journal type thing went. Um, so basically just like me shouting outwards has always been my kind of release for that kind of thing. So lo and behold, I I transitioned everything over to Twitter, um, where I started like picking up a little bit of a following. My Twitter is actually still very new. Um, I, I started this Twitter at the beginning of 2023, um, as just like a magic Twitter, just where I could like post my grinder results or post like decks that I was playing. And I never expected any of this to happen, uh, which I'm very, very thankful and very grateful for. Um, but when I started posting uh, my pictures online of whatever it is that I wanted to focus on, I was actually at Magicon Minneapolis um, and Alan from mental misplays, big shout out to Alan. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. went out, we, we went out for food. Uh, he and I one night, uh, what was the place that we went to? I, f- I forget what place we went to, but it was this like really, really good, just random hole in the wall, like dive bar, but with some of the best cheeseburgers that we've ever had. They were literally in the middle of the cheeseburger filled with cheese. It, it was great. Um, but he said, Hey, like, have you ever thought just doing what you're doing, but making a video out of it? And I said, no, I've not, I've never felt kind of like 
comfortable enough to do like a video thing. And me personally, I've always been comfortable being at the front of a room or talking to a crowd or, or just talking to a bunch of people based off of the backgrounds that I come from. So I come from a background of, uh, I, I used to be a touring musician, so I would, I would play to people. Um, but I, I thought about what he said and then directly the week after I posted the very first, uh, video of, of my videos, uh, and it, it was received really, really well. Now, fast forward about like from Minneapolis up until maybe three, maybe like a month and a half ago, uh, give or take Hobbs reached out to me and said, Hey, I love what you do. I I'm inspired by the stuff that you've been putting out. Like it's made me want to sit down in front of a camera and just press record. Uh, do you think that you could put it under like an umbrella tag? Like, would you ever do that? And I was again, talking to my friend. No, I never thought of that. So the videos, the better days, MTG, I owe all of that to my friends, to my peers. Um, and Hobbs was like, shout out some names. And we were running, running out some names like, mental health magic or like something like that. But like realizing that a lot of those terms were already like coined by other hashtags of people trying to do similar things, which I, I love. Uh, but there was nothing like for us until I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm always just trying to give somebody a better day. I'm trying to have a better day myself. So why don't we do better days MTG? Um, and their better days MTG was born. And myself and Hobbs Q uh, have been doing nothing but posting these videos with kind of like no expectation of anyone to be involved. But now if you click on that hashtag, you you're seeing like hundreds of people that are like becoming involved in this. And it's a beautiful thing because what I've wanted to do is I just wanted to talk about stuff that was bothering me and I wanted somebody to be able to relate to it. And now everyone is getting their stories out finding that there are other people that can relate to what they're going through and that's it's it's been really really cool so that's that's what better days mtg basically has been well that's awesome uh you know i have to say the origin story really resonates with me i've been uh blogging or shouting into the void since like 2008 just because i wanted to get my voice out there you know just to have just to get it out of my head as it were you know and um i think yeah, I think that there, there's a lot in there that, that really appeals to me, just being able to be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to sit in front of a camera, which, you know, we, we're doing now, I've been doing yeah. it for the last seven years, you know, uh, and, and a lot of that is just to just to be able to talk it out, you know, and I think I think it's super important to be able to just like, have have that sort of an outlet. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, beyond beyond better days, um, you know, with, with what you guys are doing. Um, what other, what other steps are you guys taking with, with this? We know that better days is a, is about mental health, but, uh, could you elaborate a little bit further on that? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what Hobbs actually, um, I, I personally have not touched any of it, but Hobbs made a Twitter for better days MTG and I got the follow from it. I'm like, nice. <laughs> Hobbs, Hobbs <laughs> is doing the thing. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, so basically if you go to that Twitter, you will now see, um, all of the reposts of everyone else's stories. And I think that's really cool to compile them all into one place to archive them. Um, but as far as the reason or, or in depth of like why the why behind it is because my background in magic, I've been playing magic since 2000 and uh, I got into magic. Um, hmm. 
during Scars of Meriden when the Scars of Meriden and okay, so um, two thousand nine, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, when the Scars of Meriden and Meriden besieged um, faction box came out where it was like okay. packs from both sets. Yeah. Uh, I remember that because I I'm oh I'm sorry there was a was it New Phyrexia? It was New Phyrexia right before that, right? Or New Phyrexia was after that. I think, I think New Phyrexia, Phyrexia was is after, after that. right? Scar- yes. The Scars happened, then New Phyrexia Okay, was okay. Born. So it was right. very, very tail end of Scars, beginning of New Phyrexia was when I was playing. Because the first ever pack of Magic that I ever bought uh, was a New Phyrexia pack. And it, it's, it's, like, it's like a love story, you know what I mean? Back when Mythic Rares were very rare, and back when Foil Mythic Rares were very, very rare, my pack had a non-foil sort of worm piece and a foil Karn Liberated. So it's like, yeah, that was a pack. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah. that was a pack. Oh, yeah. That was like a plus like almost $120 pack right there. Um, but when I started playing, my friends, and I learned I learned how to play Magic from extremely competitive players. Um, I won't go into like name dropping everybody, but yeah, like yeah, sure. I, I <laughs> very, very competitive players. Um, one of my previous housemates that I used to live with is a previous Pro Tour champion. Um, and that's how I learned how to play magic. I, the first, when I first learned how to play magic, I sat down in front of my friend, Phil, um, Phil passed away, but he's, was an incredible person. He taught me how to play magic. Um, and he sat me down, uh, and he said, okay, here's the deck that you're playing with. And I was playing with a pre-constructed golem deck. Um, and Phil, play- <laughs> Phil goes, all right. And, and you'll understand this. Phil, Phil goes, I'll play Grindstone. I'll play oh. Painter Servant. I will call <laughs> Candy Smith Apple Green. Mill the top two cards of your library. Okay, now do it again. And, and now do it again. And I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. This was the very first game of Magic that I had ever played. Period. I played a pre-constructed deck versus a Legacy deck. Yeah. And that's kind of like where my love of Legacy really comes from. That was the first experience that I have ever had playing with Magic, period. Um, so within the first month and a half of me learning how to play uh was during a ptq season and i played in my first ptq a month and a half into magic so i never had the opportunity to play kitchen counter magic or swing with vanilla six sixes or swing with a visadrix anything like that yeah um so i i um I, i fell in love with competitive magic but the thing that no one ever talks about is the mental aspect of the game itself. Yeah. Whether you're playing with your friends uh, as kind of just like a release, or if you're playing this game to get to another, no pun intended, but plane of competition uh, to be the best that you can be, to, to win now an RCQ, to win regional championship, to win the Pro Tour, to become, uh, to go to the Mythic Invitational on Arena. There's always somewhere or another that you are trying to better yourself at this game if you are being a competitive player. And it is so mentally uh, diminishing at points because you are hyper fixating and you are focusing and you are testing and you are losing sleep that you are not taking care of yourself. And nobody talks about that. And that's what I wanted to talk about. That's that's why I want to talk about the things that I'm talking about to show competitive magic players that, hey, you can grind as much as you can, but we are still friends. And there are people that are willing to listen to the stuff that you are struggling with and that you don't have to go through this mental uh, fortitude building on your own. Um, so that's, that's kind of like why I, I've been doing it is because in men, in competitive magic, 
people talk about the amount of testing they're doing. People are talking the amount of fun that they're having traveling and going to all these high competitive level REL events, but no one is talking about the fact that you are constantly getting frustrated. You are losing sleep and you are getting stressed and you're getting upset over your results of you missing top eight on 0.9th percentile of a breaker. And that is just so mentally deteriorating. It's insane. So yeah. that's, I think, I think an interesting uh, an interesting sort of delineation here is 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 that we we all do know that magic is a very mental game. Yeah. But uh, what you're really getting at here is the emotional aspect of Magic: The Gathering, and I think that's really really important and and something yeah we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I could go back. I've been playing since 1995, and uh, you know uh, there are different points in my in my career in the game. Uh, that are th- that you know I can mark like as a as a kid I, I had a little bit of a kitchen table session before I got into into tournaments because tournaments just didn't exist really where right. I was so uh, when I started playing in tournaments you do realize that like you you know you get into that mental zone and I I, I can remember the first couple of tournaments I had being super nervous you know just shaking you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and and that, that stuff that like that's that's the baseline uh, of what we're talking about here but then. Uh, you know, if once we get into, uh, you know, I think I think this is something that you, that you might possibly be getting at too. You can get into sort of a, a a toxic area. You know, we talk about the salt a lot, but like you can start to get into a toxic area where that uh, that competitiveness can take over a par- uh, parts of your life, and it's not, you know, that's not healthy. Oh, absolutely. You, like you see, you see the you see the funny captions or you see the funny screen grabs that comp players and uh, take on M- uh, MTG online uh, and, and they'll post and they'll tag like whatever salt off, whatever that yeah. Twitter account is. This guy's mad at me. Yeah. 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 This guy. Yeah. Wh- whoever that they're talking to, whatever target audience that is of just people tilting off. And that is, that is so real. But at the same time, it's like I've had people tilt off at me so many times on Mitgo that I just, I don't want to share it because it's like, I yeah. get it. I understand where you're coming from. You're angry. Like you're angry at a game that has a lot of variants. You, you think that this person that is not as good as you are, which that's a whole other conversation. That's yeah. like kind of a respect <laughs> thing where yeah. you think that maybe, maybe you're better than somebody and you're just like, why am I not winning? So you take it out on yourself. And then you, in, in turn, you're also taking it out on whoever it is that you're playing against. And it becomes this completely just unhealthy mindset of, and I could, man, I could go on a tangent about this, uh, of like people online talking about how upset it makes them to see that there are all these people being super disrespectful for those same people to be doing that same thing to other people in their private discords, which is another completely yeah. different conversation. But it like it becomes such a toxic environment of not approaching your mental health within a game the way that you should be approaching it. Because once you, once you can get your emotions under wrap and, and I've had this, I have, I've had this joking conversation. I actually joked about this um, with one of my opponents this past Monday when I was playing modern. Um, I, I lost in the match. I was playing against uh, this really nice kid and he kept apologizing when I, when I lost, I said, why are you apologizing? You play, you played your cards the way that they're supposed to be played. I lost. Uh, I didn't draw the cards. You drew. You drew way better than me. You played yeah. better than I did. I your deck did what it was supposed to. My deck fell apart. Like it's fine. He goes, yeah, I know. I feel bad, but no, no, no. Like you won. This is okay. I stopped getting mad about Magic 
I want to say like maybe maybe like two or three years ago when I finally just like snapped. Uh, it was probably it was like at the tail end of like the shutdown from the pandemic um, where I was playing against one of my best friends and God, I, I love him to death, but he still salts off all of the time. And he's a very, very good magic player. And what kind of like flipped my switch was like playing against him and him salting off against me, who's like one yeah. of his best friends. And that's when my switch flipped. And I'm like, I don't care about these results anymore. I mean, granted, I care about the results if it like progresses me further into my competitive yeah. magic career. Like, but not I, at the expense of your friendships. Exactly. You know? like, not, I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. Not at the expense of like how somebody else is feeling. The way that I approach magic these days is I will play against you in, in a way that you will always want to have another game with me again. Yeah. Play like you want to be invited back, like all of the time. So the conversation that I had with my opponent, he was like, you're like not upset. I'm like, no, I'm like not upset. <laughs> I stopped caring about getting mad at variants because no one, no one is good at being lucky. No yeah. one is good at being a luck sack. No one is good at drawing cards better than you or, or I are. So it's like, I am, sorry. Um, or I could go, like I said, I could go on about that. Well, but I think, I think that's actually something that's kind of, kind of great about, about, you know, we're a legacy podcast about the legacy community is a lot of people ha that are in this community are older, older folks, yeah. you know, older, I'm 43. Mm. Um, and we've exhausted all of that mental energy on like, you know, I'm trying to make the pro tour or whatever. And legacy is just not about that anymore. You know, like legacy is a prestige format that you play because you want to be a part of the community. Man, it is and, my favorite you know, format. Yeah. And, and <laughs> maybe, maybe you get a chance every, you know, so often to like hit the pro tour. There's yep. a grand prix, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, something like that. But most of us are not playing for those stakes anymore. We're mm -hmm. playing because we love the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, we go to the eternal weekend and if you don't, you know, top eight eternal weekend, there's other stuff to do. You know, yeah, like we're absolutely. there to see our friends and, and because, because the events are so few and far between, mm -hmm. we're there, we're there to celebrate the format, celebrate our friends and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I, I used to be very competitive. I, I got banned for five years uh, oh, for, for how competitive I was. Oh, uh, that's a whole other story. Right. Um, but, but that was because, you know, I got into that mentality and you know you get to you get to a place where the only thing that matters is winning, you know. Right. And and that can screw you up really bad. And mm -hmm. uh, it, once you get to once you get to that point, there's very few things that can break you out of that cycle. You know, I I was lucky in that uh, I, I paid very little uh, ultimately for for my mistakes in that regard. But when you uh, when you get to that point, it's very hard to break out of that cycle, and I think that that's something that people don't talk about enough. It's it's why actually uh, I think that there was a really interesting point in Vegas. They were talking about the history of the Pro Tour, and you know they eventually in the history of the Pro Tour, it always breaks down to the the Wild West of Magic. You know the days when cheating was like a thing, yeah. and you know and they were talking about Sheldon and how he kind of reined a lot of that in. But one of the things that um, I, I want to say. Mike Turin uh, brought up was that a lot of people that that cheat um, initially they, they cheat because they believe that, that they deserve those wins you know which is a wild which is a wild take to just be like in this game of randomness I don't deserve to have to even play in the first couple of rounds I think yeah, that you know that's and, wild and that and it, but that's a that's a 
I don't want to say it's a disease, but that is a that is a fracture of the mind. You know, like that's something that like you need if you're if you're playing at that level and you think that you just deserve wins because you're somehow better than people, that's mm-hmm. just such a wild take. And that's the sort of stuff, you know, there's been a lot of talk about cheating lately. And one of the things was people were like, we can't keep tr- treating cheating like it's a, uh, like it's a crime. We have to cheat it like it's an addiction, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think that uh, a lot of, a lot of that, I don't know that I necessarily 100% agree with that because some people just, you know, some people will never learn, right. but, um, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, it, it, just if we're looking at the course of how we, we treat drug addiction and stuff like that, you know, we, uh, we've, we've ser- started to turn the corner on a, on a lot of these topics. And I think that this is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, th- there is an entire, uh, ideology behind, uh, like reformation, um, but to an extent, like it only goes so far, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's really dependent on, um, the, the judges uh, and I, I absolutely love, uh, the judges. I think that the judges are one of the most vital parts of the magic community. Um, it's, it's wild the, the concept to, to hear like everything that's going on that, but again, that's a completely opposite yeah. conversation. Um, but I, I think that a lot of that has to do with like, who's there and who's seeing what's going on and um, whoever is uh, the person that is caught cheating. I I do personally believe that there needs to be, uh, they need to be dealt with in some kind of way because it brings a level of negativity to the environment. Um, And that's just, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It's terrible for the game, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, but yeah, so getting back to the, the, um, you know, emotional health, mental health aspect of the game, it's just something that we don't, I I think that uh, we under, we underplay and undervalue in, in, uh, in the game. Uh, And, you know, I can't count the number of times I've seen a friend after, you know, after a match at a Grand Prix or whatever. And I'm just like, Hey man, like what's wrong? You know? And they're just bugging out about like Mm -hmm. this is a this is a game you know like i i always tell people when when they're getting kind of you know spun out i'm like hey like this is your day off you know like yeah this is this is your day off you know like you don't have to like you of course you don't have to be here but you chose to be here to have fun instead of you know instead of going to work you know like and i used to i used to uh bartend so if i was taking off on a Saturday to go play a magic event, I was down two hundred dollars just to start. I, listen, I you know? get you. I was a bartender yeah. for five and a half years, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, I, I was actively choosing to be there, and anytime someone was, I was like, "Hey, man, this is my day off. Like, I'm having a great time. Yep. Mm-hmm. I lose, win or lose, I'm just here to have fun. You know." Yep. Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic: The Gathering deck building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to legacy, and even fan-supported formats like pre-modern and old school. You can see all of our decks on our Mox field. Follow the links below to stay tuned. So I, I want to pivot to to your uh, your your Magic career. Sure. So you're you're in in modern. You're a Tron player, uh, and, and in Legacy you play you play. Uh, I Death play Shadow. I play two decks in Legacy. Uh, well, let's talk about modern first. Yeah. So my uh, my Tron. Um, my Tron story started in I want to say 
it was around like 2014 when I had first like really loved Tron, uh, really been exposed to Tron, but I was playing Boggles and I was playing Boggles in a room filled with Jund when Jund was like the most uh, prominent deck in the format. And I remember at a Star City event, like way back in the day with the Star City tour, when you scrub out of the main event <laughs> and then you play in like one of their really big side events, I top aided one of those really big side events. Um, it, it, there was like 140 people in it or whatever. And I was playing boggles and the reason why i found such success in the room filled of jund was because i was playing three dryad arbors inside so they could go liliana sacrifice your creature and i would just fetch for the dryad arbor i was about to say did, did they just not play liliana yeah, but they yeah, got the dryad yeah. arbors yeah. yep i fetched for the dryad arbor and i sacked that creature instead of my beefed up uh creature um but around that time i was playing at a local event uh at this place called highlander games um shout out highlander in Booton, new jersey they're absolutely incredible um I sat down against my round one opponent. I was playing Boggles, and my opponent goes Urza's Tower, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what that does. And they go Urza's Mine. I'm like, all right, I don't know what that does either. Now they have Urza's Power Plant on turn three, and I have a, a, I have like a four four that has a couple of uh, auras on it. And my opponent goes Worm Coil Engine, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> you just tapped three lands, and you have a six mana six six. Death Touch, Lifelink, you get two more dudes. How do I even like get through that? Like I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a Spirit Link. I don't have uh, the stuff to get through right now. Um, and I got, I got, I got my butt handed to me because they actually, what they, what they did within the turn to two, turn to two turns after that was they Mind Slaver locked me because oh, they, yeah. they also played in Academy Ruins yep, and they played Mind Slaver and then they kept cracking Mind Slaver and cracking Academy Ruins yep. and I couldn't play anything. I'm like, at the end of that, I, I lost very swiftly, which I shouldn't have because I was playing Boggles, but I didn't know how to play against this, this random like colorless deck. Well, like blue splash colorless deck. Um, and I was like, what, what deck is this? And they were just like, this is Tron. I'm like, can I see it? And I just like that immediately fell in love have not put the deck down since uh, granted times were tough uh when cards in tron were much more expensive so oh, i would yeah. like buy and sell and buy and sell and now i have a fully foiled 75 of tron and i have every variation of tron in foil in a box oh, just amazing. in case i want to play the other versions so I'll, I'll like never get rid of it at this point that's my that's my one deck that like i would just never get rid of now uh, but yeah, I started Tron, playing in in uh in Chronicle like when Chronicles came out, mm -hmm. so you know the the OG reprint set. And I remember looking at Power Plant, Mine, and Tower, and being like, "There's just this is too Rube Goldberg for me. This is never yeah. going to happen." Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of things that one there weren't any great artifacts during this era. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like the best thing you could do was like, "Oh, cool, Urza's Avenger." Six yeah, mana, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh. I just I, I I remember distinctly the first time I played against Tron. I got into modern on Merfolk, and by the time I had seen Tron, I was already onto blue white red control. Okay. So the first time someone slammed down a Karn against me, I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but mana leak. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. That's not happening. Right. I don't right. know. That's it, it's a planeswalker. It's got to be bad for me. And. But uh, we had a guy at, at my shop, Jimmy Tronlands, we used to call him. Wow! And, uh, nice. And, and that dude, that dude played Tron, and he would, yeah, he he get the mind slaver lock, or he'd you know restart the game with Karn or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that that I mean that deck has been a menace uh, since 2014, if not if not even earlier, you know. 
Uh, yeah. since, I guess since Karn Liberated came out. Yeah, that and, and like prior to that, like if you look at how, how Tron was right before Karn Liberated came out, it was a tooth and nail deck, which was yeah. like wild. And you would just Tron to tooth and nail and put out your two like biggest creatures, I, I believe. Um, uh, I forget what car, what cards it was. I'm trying to pull up. I know that Sundering Titan was one of your targets, uh, but it was Sundering Titan and like uh, I, whatever like X other creature that you just put out. And yeah, it was a tooth man, and nail. I can't deck. remember because I used to play, I, I played magic online uh, when, when that's when tooth and nail was released. And I remember right. people playing it and I can't remember what the other creature was, but it was always just like, uh, I guess I lose all my lands. Yeah. And now uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was that it was, it was that giant Colossus creature that you got two of, I think. I, oh I don't, gosh. I forget, but anyway, it was a tooth and nail deck and that was, that was like really cool. And I, I had no idea about the deck at all. Um, yeah. And then when I found out about Tron, I, I did an entire deep dive and I saw all the lists of how Tron won two pro tours back to back. And, and then I saw that Tron was now falling off, like going years into the future. And, but here I am, I've been playing Tron into the sun since and now Tron is one of the best decks in modern again. And that makes yeah. me so stoked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said, like I said, it's a menace. Like that's, yeah. that's a deck that just, it I haven't played modern, through the test modern competitively for, for, mm -hmm. a, for a minute, mm -hmm. but uh, that, that is a, uh, has been a deck, you know, since I started in, I want to say 2012 mm -hmm. and it, it's always there. It, even if it's on the periphery, it's always just there. Correct. Waiting, waiting Tr to get Tron you. is that deck that I think, in modern will always last through the test of time uh, because at the beginning of when COVID like started happening, there was the whole ancient stirring scare. Like w they were scared of ancient stirrings randomly and was like, maybe we should ban ancient stirrings out of modern. Why? What, what did, what do you <laughs> gain with I, that? I remember that there was always, Se there were several like points when when people were like, "This has got to get banned from Tron." I'm still on the man. Tron's too strong, uh, sure, stage, but I sure. I don't have any any dog in this fight. Right. But I, I'm trying to think. There was that, and then like, you know, I can't remember. There was there was like maybe it was Karn. People were like calling for like, okay, just get Karn instead, and then they only have like the other things to to get. Right. But yeah, the, it, it's just wild. Like that, there was a point in time when people were like, "Ban ancient stirrings." multiple times multiple times yeah. it's crazy and like the recent modern bannings too uh or unban of preordain there was there were even whispers then that you needed to ban like expedition map or something why like how <laughs> how hard was was tron hurting you at your local oh, meta yeah. i mean you... i felt it i felt it man i was on uh i was on scapeshift at the time uh, so okay All so right. if you didn't have you know like you, you had to have like you know, remand into remand sure, to just sure, like sure, stay sure. in the game. Then they're just yeah. like, Oh, I'll get one of your lands. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and you so, have no pressure, you know? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So that's Tron. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk legacy then, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about Death Shadow. Death Shadow, <laughs> love... a deck, a deck that again has been on the periphery for a very mm -hmm. long time. Uh, ever since I want to say Death Shadow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, has only recently kind of come into the limelight. So I, I will admit, I have not been a long-time Shadow player. I have been a... So my first deck uh, in Legacy, I played Maverick. Um, I played Maverick in... It's it's funny how, like, 
like I told you, I started around like 2009, um, 2010. I had first built and completely built Maverick by 2010. Like I was just like, I was in there. But yeah. at the same time, you could buy Savannahs for 50 yeah, bucks. Like 15 bucks. They were yeah, like 50 they were, bucks, they were 50 to 100 yeah, bucks. Not at all. I remember buying, uh, I remember 2012, I bought a playset of Portuguese Forza Wheels. Uh, those were really, those were expensive. <laughs> Forza Wheels were very expensive. Uh, but I bought a playset of uh, Scrublands for, I, I think, $240. Yeah, I remember buying Wild. drops off of a guy for a hundred bucks a piece. I just, absolutely was like here's four hundred bucks. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> um, but I started playing Maverick, and then I quickly got off of Maverick, and I did not want to play Maverick anymore uh, because I saw somebody at Grand Prix. I believe it was uh, Grand Grand Prix Worcester um, that, and it was a Legacy Grand Prix, and somebody had their entire playmat covered with cards. And I'm like, whatever deck that is, I want to play that. This seems like there's so much going on. And it was Dredge. And I fell in oh, love man. with Dredge. And I fell in love with old Manalist Dredge. Um, <laughs> oh, so I, I bought LEDs when they were 70 bucks a pop. And I, I nice. filled that deck up, play, dredging Grave Trolls away and getting all my tutus from my bridges. It was absolutely phenomenal. That and is legacy then, on hard mode because every game two and three is just like a wash for Horrendous. You. Yeah. yeah. That was legacy on hard mode. And I fell in love with that deck. So let's fast forward to Grand Prix, New Jersey. That was the legacy Grand Prix. Yeah, that and was that, two, what, 20, I want to say 2015. 2015. That was the Treasure yep. Cruise Grand Prix. Treasure Cruise Grand Prix. The One of the best playmats of all time is the Brainstorm playmat. Um, I had a very unfortunate Grand Prix. So I was playing Dredge, like I said, and I was testing for Dredge, for for that event nonstop. The night before the Grand Prix, the night before the Grand Prix, we were testing at our friend's bar because they owned a uh, they owned a VFW. So we would okay. like play Magic there. We would draft there. We would drink there. And I was testing uh, with everyone else. I wake up for the next morning uh, for the event, and I, I go to register my deck list. And my deck is gone and I don't have my entire legacy deck. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. I don't have my legacy deck. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I left it at the bar. I, I left my entire legacy deck there. I, I can't play legacy anymore. Like I, I was LEDs, oh uh, Mox God. diamonds, everything. Dude, but, the, but again, oh. everything was like super cheap, right? Yeah. They're not Mox diamonds now. They're not LEDs now. Um, and I get a phone call from my friend Mike. And Mike goes, hey, you left your legacy deck at the bar. I have it. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But I won't be there until the middle of the second round. I'm like, okay. So I I can't even play. But I played. And I played a meme deck. I registered. Were you the guy who played the islands? No. I was the guy that played the forests. And I played the Lost in the Woods deck that Star City Games (laughs) tweeted about. Because I registered 56 forests. Uh, Sorry. I registered 52 forests. Four fogs and four lost in the woods. This is this is what I this is actually what I what I was thinking when I said the islands deck. This was it. This is that, the lost in the that woods. Was, deck. I was, remember this. Yeah, that was me. I <laughs> I, I won round That's one. Amazing. I won round one, and because my opponent conceded because they they realized what was going on. My I forgot what my opponent was playing, but they conceded because like they couldn't do anything because for for game one I like drew the the five lands fog lost in the woods hand yeah. and i just like i had it um so i did that 
uh, I won round one and then I dropped. <laughs> and then Star City Games yeah. tweeted about it because they like they they took a picture of like my deck list or whatever. They're like, we can't believe that Lost of the Woods is one zero. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm done now because I can't. Yeah. Play. I'm not doing this. Um, but that that was that was wild. Uh, I that... played uh, Rug Delver and it was a, a dog. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing Hooting Mandrills because I thought like that was going to be my my super spicy tech. I did end up trading in that playmat and and the sleeves to yeah. complete my foil set of Nimble Mongooses, which were on the low at that point because everyone. You know what's very Mongoose. funny to me is that you say that is that I literally to the left of me and don't ask me why, but there's a place set of Nimble Mongooses literally right here yes. for no reason. I <laughs> don't know why, um, but yeah, they so, know, um, dude. They know. Yeah. So, uh, so let, let's talk a little bit more about your experience with Death Shadow. So, yeah, Death Shadow has been uh, very, very fast. One of my favorite decks. Uh, I love the ability that you can just, like, you can play four to five Shocklands in a Legacy deck and only have to have, like, one Underground Sea. And that's, see, that's another, that's another thing. And this is an entire other conversation that you yep. and I had recently. Yeah, we've had this conversation accessibility <laughs> accessibility is another conversation but if you are playing shadow in legacy shadow is actually in my opinion one of the more accessible um legacy decks because you really only need like one dual land and, and the you rest don't of even it, need that dual you don't, land. That's you don't just need it. helpful correct helpful to have correct you, you're really going all in on like the force of wills the dazes wastelands um but the the other uh the other utility of the deck is is a it's a it's a beefed up modern deck is what it yeah. is. Uh, but the deck is really strong. Uh, you can play against the entire format. When I first picked up Shadow uh, was during Eternal Weekend last year when Mono White Initiative was really good. Oh, yeah. um, and I was one of the people that were just like, you know what? I'm going to play Snuff Out. Snuff Out's really good. And Snuff Out was really good against the Mono White deck. So Shadow had a really, really good matchup against Mono White Initiative. And I just kinda, I've been playing it since. Um yeah, I, I absolutely love Shadow. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to play Shadow. I'm probably transparently, I'm probably gonna be playing Shadow this next Eternal Weekend. Uh, yeah, if I, not if not Acast. I, I'm I'm on Acast for Eternal Weekend, I think. But uh, so I started playing Shadow about two years ago. Uh, I took it to an SCG event in Philly, and I was like, you know what? Like, let me just see how this how this works. And it was a little bit before Acast really got up there. It, it, as like I, I think it was before Neon Dynasty, and I was like looking at looking at lists, and I saw this list that included Berserk, and I was like, "Well, that's interesting <laughs> because Eight Cast is Eight Cast because Death Shadow is a deck like Rug Delver very much that plays it plays like the Delver plan. You're a little bit of the fun police. You've got the you know you've got the wastelands. You've got the dazes, the Force of Wills, but you're a dog to elves." Any deck that can sort of infinitely block you, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter how big your Death Shadows are, right? That's true. But if you get to play with Berserk, you're just like, oh, are you blocking and then bouncing that with your sim uh, Wirewood Symbiote? Okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to Berserk, and now I have my 12-12 is a 24-24. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> with Trample. With Trample. Know? With Trample. Yeah. yeah, that is wild. Oh, also the fact that you can turn Shadow into a Murktide Reanimator list is wild. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the fact that from the Lord of the Rings uh, set, Troll of Kazadoom is just like one of the best cards in Legacy, in my opinion, at the moment. Oh yeah, because it turns your wastelands on. You can just play that opening hand with wasteland troll, and then all of your blue and black spells, and you can swamp cycling to get whatever you need off your wasteland, put it in the yard, and then reanimate it on turn two. 
Yeah, what is wild. like that's crazy and it has super <laughs> menace and it's a six five it's just like shadow rules scam yeah, shadow, rules. shadow is legacy is such, rules. A, such a cool deck yeah um i know i know you've got to you've got to head out soon uh so i i want to uh where should people find you uh online um any any social media that you have i am on and i uh, can be located at at tron is bad uh, the only thing that is different uh, on TikTok is somebody has my. I feel like somebody grabbed my name, just like oh, a, no. like one of those stupid things. Well, we'll uh, put but, that link below too. We'll yeah, have all the links below. Yeah, so that way I'll, can, I'll make sure that you have all, all my links. Media. But it's Tron is bad at everything. TikTok is period Tron is bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, Ryan, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, and thanks so much. And I, I guess I guess uh, I've got my yerba mate here. Uh, hey, nice. I have my. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you do the honors here. All right. So thank you so much, Zach, for having me, um, oh, yeah. and, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'll kind of end it as I end one of my videos. To anyone watching, you are kind, you are caring, you are one in a million, you are unique, and you are one of the baddest on the face of the planet. Raise them high and raise out. Cheers. Cheers. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks. Hey, thanks for watching, and check out this Death Shadow deck tech. You're gonna love it. Later.